This is Reimagining Healthcare, a podcast about innovation in the healthcare industry. It's a show for healthcare business owners, for healthcare professionals, for industry investors, and health tech entrepreneurs. On the show, I talk to health tech and healthcare innovators to uncover how they're reimagining and building a world of seamless digital healthcare experiences and how that fits into people's lives. I'm your host, Yanni Sopanos. Last episode, Peter explained what an activity-based marketing service agency was and how that was reimagining marketing agency engagement supporting B2B business strategies in healthcare. In this episode, we extend the discussion into branding, strategy, referrals, key channels and alignments, and what healthcare businesses should be doing to respond to the rapidly approaching future of marketing. Let's jump in. Peter, tell me about your experience in healthcare. I, I, I noted that you'd written about activity-based marketing and um, healthcare was one of the top three industries that could benefit from activity-based marketing. Uh, and uh, um, I wonder if you could talk to that, you know, in the context of how you, why you think healthcare is one of the top three industries that could benefit from it. What kind of problems uh, does healthcare have uh, in marketing generally from your experience and I guess some of the some of the insights that you've gathered with some of the clients that you're working with yeah sure um I, I, I think I'll start by looking at it from um a small business um sense I'd like to you know have a a business to business frame to this because I, mean, I think as an agency we typically focus on b2b rather than b2c um and I think I can talk to that with more authority, um, I think from a beat it, from a business, a healthcare business looking to target other businesses. Um, you know, we've we've helped um, a, a national um, a physio uh, franchising chain over the years um, really grow and, and extend um, and 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 a, a, with the, you know a, a basically let they were able to grow their their network quite substantially. Um, bring on new franchisees, um, bring um, bring their their I guess their authority in, in the industry really far ahead in in a few years. Um, so I think from from what I've learned, first of all, marketing your value proposition in some different formats than kind of the traditional such as um, being able to produce um, thought leadership content, um, which is quite technical and interesting. Um, being able to produce video content quite consistently where you're educating the audience um, and showing your uh, your skill, your technical prowess. Um, marketing digitally, so not just, just to the local community, local area, but actually on a platform where you could talk to the whole like national group as well and that's where social media probably is really powerful i mean just doing those things i think you're eight times better or you're eight times more ahead than a typical business who is just healthcare business who is just literally going like referral to referral or just looking at their local geographical area saying i'm going to go to the business chamber i'm going to and there's nothing wrong with doing any of these activities and just kind of putting some context around it. Like, I'm going to go to the local business chamber. I'm going to do an email blast once a month. 
um, I'm going to, you know, get two or three referral partners. And then that that's pretty much it from a local perspective. Um, just by having a, 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 a coherent plan to go, okay, here's what I can really specialize in. Here's what I really know is in what's my um, knowledge base that the audience would want to hear. Here's the problem that the audience has that where I can fit and then act actively doing some other activities other than just those basic ones I spoke about before um, as a, on a consistent basis really puts that healthcare business ahead. I mean, I'm not saying anything too, too extremely novel here. I'm just saying just by doing some of the basic digital content well just puts you so far ahead. I mean, I remember working with... Um, uh, this, the, the client and looking at what the competition was doing and, and just going, you know, if, if we just get consistent about producing you know, some thought leadership pieces and get consistent about producing some guys and just get consistent about producing some videos and get that in front of the right audience will be number one because no one else was doing it consistently. So I think that's actually one of the biggest opportunities is just do some some good quality stuff with thought well, <laughs> it's different. The healthcare industry is different than potentially um, other industries where it's it's a, like SaaS, for example, with a lot more competitive and you can't just do it well. You have to really think about different tactics and, you know, it, it, it's a lot, it's a lot harder. Global, you've got global competition, you know, you, you are up against larger uh, US multi, like multinationals, right? So I think just doing the basics well really, really works. Um, and, and then from a, from a perspective of um, um, uh, activity-based, I think, again, it goes back to, well, what do we do well then? You know, and, and, and picking, I guess, the top three activities that can be done. Um, if you're going to do it yourself, I'd probably do one activity first, as in I'm going to consistently write these articles every Every week, I'm going to post them on social media, and I'm going to get all the people who refer me business. I'm going to email them to, to that to these people, right? You know, that's the very basic. Or I'm going to produce a, a good quality video, and I'm going to interview one of my referral partners, and I'm going to get them to share it on their network, right? Or if you're a tech healthcare tech company, then and you're B two B, then I mean it's a whole another story, right? There's a lot more sophistication, but it'd be then a, a case of um putting together the audience who fits your criteria, such as the the right types of businesses based on that profile we spoke about before, um, company size, location, um, industries, um, um, employee size, for example, the personas, the people who work within them, decision-making influences, profiling those, that group, producing content to meet them, and then distributing the content into them so you win share of voice. So... I think, yeah, it depends on who we're talking to, whether it's a, it's a, you know, small business run by the practitioner leader, or it's a, it's an organization looking to scale and grow, um, from an organization perspective, but that's some of the basics. Yeah. I would say by activity based marketing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a really interesting, uh, insight, uh, cause there's such I, I guess the there's a lot of follow the leader type of stuff that goes on in healthcare that I can observe, and um, and different verticals within healthcare tend to try or, or repeat 
things I take musculoskeletal for example in the uh, and social media um, there's just almost a um, instant we have to be posting on Instagram you know regularly uh, for example uh, or Facebook um, whereas um, you don't see that so much in mental health uh, as an example so it's it's kind of interesting how that peer-to-peer copy and paste energy uh, permeates um, healthcare and in the health tech you're right around the b2b um, software as a service that's um, uh, another set of challenges there as well I think with um, what a lot of healthcare and maybe even health tech businesses have at least um, a blind spot to would be that um, that ability to um, build those community relationships with with peers there's there seems to be a lot of um, go to market stuff going on let's all just go direct out to market um, but there's not as much emphasis on how to build a brand so that your peers so if you look at it in the context of healthcare um, they're where a referral is going to come from they're likely to come from another healthcare professional or another healthcare provider who doesn't happen to specialize or focus on the um, issues that you want to focus on and so by bringing awareness to the community of healthcare providers around your your marketing catchment area for lack of a better term um, you may actually be able to tick the box on everything you're referring to peter around um, qualified, um, well-targeted, um, yeah, I guess qualified covers all of those things in the sense where the the client that's now being referred through to you is actually a perfect fit for what you're doing either at a, a clinical, technical level um, but also in terms of your own business goals um, and how you're trying to position. I think that kind of comes down to the whole idea of the the brand, I guess, the the idea of um, being able to define your brand. Perhaps tell us a little bit more about how your thinking um, goes towards when you're working with a client on how how to actually establish that brand and and why that's really important. Well, totally. Um, it's interesting what you said about referral partners. I mean, there's the mythical stat which no one's ever got the data on, but lots of people over the years have mentioned 80% of small businesses drive the new customers for referrals, right? The old Pareto principle. That's interesting. Um, so if 80% of, yeah. So it's like one of those mythical numbers that everyone agrees with, but no one, no one, no one knows where the original data came from. But if you, everyone nods when you say it, right? So um, there's some semblance of truth to it. If 80% of businesses, small businesses drive, um, B2B at least, will drive their customers from, from referrals, those referral partners are absolutely crucial. And typically, from what I've um, experienced, customers will have a couple, you know, a, a small handful. And I think I think it's like um, when you then go and look at um, the brand question you just said before, like how do you help a customer to find where they sit in a brand, right? It's almost like you have to know who you are and what you stand for and why. And the big one is in why, right? So you can be authentic. Um, and then once you've got that basic um, structure sorted, you can then go out and cherry pick who you want to work with, right? So from a B2B sense, you know, the, the classic fundamental is look for the ideal customer profile, right? 
Now, B2B also means referral partners. And I think the ideal custom profile could be that ideal referral partner profile of who are the perfect top five, top 10, top 20 referral partners who would be a great fit for you for various reasons as in in they've got the same value alignment, right? They've got the same and they don't do what you do. Um, You you complement each other. um, you're the same type of businesses, you know, you just get on with them because they just seem to be, you know, a good fun or you just, you just, you know, they're just good people and you like them for whatever reason. Right. So, so building an ideal customer profile of that referral partner allows you to think more strategically instead of, you know, you meet someone at a, a, a business chamber event or whatever, and you just bump into them and go, oh, you'll be my referral partner. Okay. You know, it, it's more that matchmaking mentality of thinking, who am I? What do I stand for? What am I confident? Where do I want to go? Okay. Now, where do I want my partners, my channel partners, my referral partners, my customers to come from? Or what do they look like? And having that mindset, both to your marketing and the way you go out there and approach and find those referral partners. Now, that sounds so basic and obvious, but it can be quite revolutionary and quite different for a lot of businesses when when they hand on how, say, how have they found their channel partners or referral partners today or are they happy with their partners right or even the customers that come in and not right fit for me well i think start think about who you want as customers and then go market to them um, back to the brand question um it's really about purpose i think today i think i think the one thing i'd, I'd encourage people not to do is write a corporate corporate you know guidelines summary of themselves just because they they want to be seem corporate and want to want to seem all you know professional i think i think today we're just we've just come out of covid you know the biggest shake up to everyone's mentality in in human you know the, the last known lifetime you know of history we've got you know no one's ever been through that so you know, we've now got um kids we celebrate kids on zoom calls you know where we used to be embarrassed by it right so so people people are just people people are comfortable being themselves more and more nowadays so i think as if, if you start positioning your brand the first question is you know why why are you doing what you're doing right um who are you um, as a person not just a logo um you know who you are as a person is probably more important than what your your logo what logo is or the, the font of your logo um and why you're doing what you're doing and being clear about that um is the, is the number one thing and that's really the 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 way we suggest people start to think about their brands if you know why you're doing things or what your purpose is and you know who you are and what excites you then you you can then look what's your skill set and what you're passionate about and your skill set is in, you know, you could be able to do five or six different um, technical things, but what you really enjoy doing, what you want to be known, be specialized in, or what you want to be known to be the best in, right? Then that can be the anchor for the brand that you build um, because it's authentic to you and it's going to get you up in the morning and it's going to make you want to go out there and be the best you can be. So I know that's quite a high level uh, way of looking at it but I think some of those basic questions are quite important because without starting there people can get lost on logo design oh, 100%, 100%. they can get lost on 
getting a designer to tell them who they are, you know. I think it's a really great point because it sort of goes ultimately towards the the story that gets told. Um, and what is a story? A story is something that the other person um, then starts to connect and identify and relate to in a sense. You know, it's really interesting when I was hearing you just speak about that. Um, one thing that human beings do all the time, perhaps not even consciously, when you meet another person is you inevitably ask the question, so what do you do, right? And that opens up the door to form a brand impression of that person. I'm using it quite deliberately to say it's brand. It's basically, it's my, it's, it's how I now relate to you forever and a day until you correct that. Um, so much so that that first impression is so strong. Uh, my, my brother-in-law, for example, is, well, was uh, a tiler and a waterproof. And, um, and during the course of his career, he's pivoted to now doing renovations. And although he's been doing renovations now for years, I still think of him as the tiler and waterproofer. And, 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 and it upsets him every time I refer to that and I have to recondition myself. But that's the power of the first impression. So knowing, knowing your own story, knowing how you're going to present yourself to the world is brand in a sense. I mean, it's, it's a little bit more nuanced than that when it comes to systems um, and touch points for customers. But in terms of who are you and how can I categorize you and relate to you, okay, because that's I'm forming that relationship with you. And if you get that aligned with um, your values, your sense of meaning and purpose, your passion, then you're going to attract the right people every time um, because when they have a need for that, you're going to be top of mind and they're going to come to you and ask you to uh, uh, support them yeah. and serve them. Yeah, and, and when we would go through a strategy setup process with a client, um, we, we're typically usually talking to customers who have got revenue, you know, they're quite well established, and they'll have a lot of those basics you spoke about before in theory of lockdown, right? We would, we would actually ask them a couple of questions in a discovery kind of setup strategy session. Um, and it just goes as simple as this, who do you want as a customer? And they say, these people, why? Well, because, um, blah, 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 blah. But why, why do they want you? And they'll go, oh, well, because, you know, typically, typically spout off something to do with, um, like a value proposition or something like that. But I said, but why? Why, why you over someone else? Why do you want them over someone else? And just answering those questions can really help sharpen people's focus to go, you know, instead of selling themselves in that first impression, like you say, Yenny, on features and benefit or corporate box ticking, you know, why? Why, why, why you, it, it, it makes, it makes you, get down to basics and and really focus yourself is it and, and maybe even say what you're not what you who who you're not do you know what i mean and celebrate who you are yep you know you know because because you know we get the question oh, about oh do you do you know do you do good oh so you must do this you must do that i said no and we don't do google we don't do seo people look at me like well you know but you know oh we don't what do you do well we're probably one of the best um, in the APAC region and not, not in America, but definitely in the APAC region, potentially in the UK, that tech based account based marketing. 
right? And go-to-market growth. And we use a f- very few channels to do that. And people go, oh, that's cool. So if, if you say what you're not, but you say who you are and what you can, what you can stand on, then people are like, right? You know, people say, do you, do you operate in the US? Say yes, but we're very small. You know what I mean? It's a very big market and we're very small over there, but we really, you know, we've really got a great reputation in this APAC region. And in the UK, people go, oh, that's cool. Without me getting caught going, we're a global business. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Does that make sense? Oh, it certainly does. So I, th- I think it's just being totally comfortable in who you are and what you're not. Yeah, yeah. And just sticking to it. And 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 it's it, it it's interesting what you were saying before about if I just keep going on on the channel things and um, that Instagram example. You know, I was having a chat with um, you know with with my wife and um, you know she she loves going on um, Instagram but but hates the concept of posting. And I, 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 my heart goes out to um, businesses, healthcare businesses, where the owner or director or founder of that business is thinking, you know, they need to be an Instagram celebrity or thinking that they need to be a social media producer or thinking that they need to be a, uh, an influencer, you know, when, when it's really not their thing. You know, I, I think, I think, I think like, I'd just be like, don't do it. If, if it, if it stresses you out, right, pick another channel, do something else, but just, just do whatever, you know, you, you want to enjoy doing your digital marketing if you're doing it for yourself or you're doing it with another agency, right? It might push your comfort zone, it might push your, push your limit, but enjoy life. You know, don't, don't, don't do it just because everyone else is doing it. Think of how you can reach your audience and be the best at what you're comfortable with. And I think that goes for the brand and it goes for even the channels you use in the marketing. Very wise words, Peter. I think um, I think it's really important to consciously deploy tactics that support whatever your branding and marketing strategies are and not feel that you have to add all of these micro tools and channels to your repertoire because you're effectively just adding work into your routines, into your business as usual. And the, the, the results may not be there and it may not be where your ideal clients are coming from in any event. So I think it's, it's really wise. And I think it's, um, it's, important, it's important to actually take stock of those things and not just be um, doing activity for the sake of feeling as though that's what's expected of you. Because, well, you know, one thing I'll say, even with um, uh, pay-per-click with um, AdWords, um, if you speak to a Google certified, um, agency, they're always going to tell you how great it is, but it, it may not be great for you. Um, or maybe the, um, the level that is being espoused. A lot of, a lot of these big vendors in the social media community have quote unquote certified people to go around and act as their sales force. Um, so they're going to evangelize those products and, and talk about how great they are. Um, but I think trial and error is really important in the sense of iteration and evolving your thinking around how. But the first thing you need to do is what you're describing, Peter, which is what and why. What and why is where the real value is because when you unpack that, then you're able to tell your story. You know who you're telling the story to. You know what that story needs to be represented. And then you're able to say, right, well, this platform is better than, or is preferable than that platform. Or we only need two out of the 
array of channels to really um, focus on at the moment. And it makes, it makes life easier. You, you attain that um, level of quality and repetition um, within your business operating environment far easier and far faster than just shotgunning copy and paste noise all over the place that, um, that nobody's reading uh, or if they are, it's not really sinking in and, and it's not really connecting with them because they're not the right customer for you at this point in time. What are your, what are your thoughts on that summary? Yeah, it's a really good summary. And, and I think um, the Google um, cost per click, you know, agency, um, I mean, it's got a lot harder. I mean, to be fair to agencies working in the Google ad space um, and SEO space, I mean, it's just, it just, it's got harder and harder and harder every year. So I, I think the costs, costs have gone up. Traffic is more competitive, right? So that's the, that's the challenge. Um, I think if you build on what you're saying there about that focus, if the keyword, the traffic, uh, the evidence supports that a lot of the cost your customers can be attained through Google, right? And a good agency um, again, it's not what we do, but another agency I've, I've worked with in the past did this, you know, they'll be able to do a keyword search and, a, and like a traffic volume search and quickly tell you, you know, if it's a, they should tell you how much it's probably going to cost and whether it's going to be worth your while as in, you know what, this is not enough volume of search for your keywords. Sorry. It's probably not a good channel for you. That's what a good agency should do. Yeah. That's what, so if, if you've got, if you're a listener out there and you were thinking about Google, again, I'm not going to talk, I'm not, a, I'm not a, an expert in that space. Um, it's not our field, but I do know others who are. And and, and I think, I, and I've been on a cup phone and, and they've just turned around and said, oh yeah, the search is no good. So mate, you, you know, you'll have to do all the work here. We'll do a tiny bit of this because there's no volume. That's what a good agency should do. You know, they, they don't just sell you because they can, you know what I mean? And I think everyone should have that the back of their minds when they talk to an agency. 100% agree. They should be telling you if it's going to work and they should be telling you if it's not going to work yeah. for whatever reason. And as a, as a practitioner, you know, with a healthcare business, be be, be expecting that, um, you know, the, 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 the same way if you go to see, you know, a good quality agent or real estate agent or lawyer, you know, they're going to tell you the truth and get the first bit of their role is to give you an honest appraisal. So I think, I think that can really help. And then, but then going back to what you're saying about, channel focus you know if 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 the evidence suggests that google could be a good channel um seo could be a good channel for whatever reason just focus on that yeah absolutely just do that one because it's it's going to be hard it's hard enough just to win one it is so hard to win one channel email linkedin instagram google word word of mouth just not you know word of mouth is a, is a channel. Word of mouth. Yep. Channel partners, right? So buckle up, put a focus, get your focus on, you know, get in the zone, think about who you want, think about who you are and just go win one. Win one and then think of something else. Yep. But I think all of that, just to preface it again, is um, doesn't matter who the expert is, they're going to typically ask you questions. And so um, being able to formulate the what and why will unlock Mostly. the value of those other niche vertical services because inevitably you then have a consistent voice, a consistent message, a consistent um, focus on the right type of customers that you want to engage with and speak with. Yeah, that's exactly right. 
Peter, one last question just to finish up here. Um, the future. Uh, you're talking about this um, activity-based marketing uh, revolution, um, helping customers to enhance their their team structures with um, experts in uh, in marketing, strategy, branding, and being able to uh, deploy the appropriate tactics, tools, and automations that are needed to support those strategies. What's next? Where's it, where's it going? I think it's going back to basics. I think I think the, the the trend I've been talking about where people are just getting overwhelmed with channels, um, where people are, are not trying to do everything every all over the place. I think um, AI is interesting because as it kicks in, it's going to allow people to, to do more. But what what's interesting is. Um, you know, the the best analogy I can give you is who who remembers YouTube at the beginning where, you know, you get random videos of random people doing random stuff and it was all crap, but you'd see everything and you watch everything, right? Didn't take long before high high end content creators sort of started to dominate and grow quite quickly and they saturated the market right with with a high quality well-produced um, well thought through articulate content in whatever field it is um, and the viewers gravitated to them and you know often there'll be a small number of high quality content producers with a huge market share um, but it started with total low quality um, mass fragmentation and i think that's what's happening to marketing it, it's what's happening what happens to every social media channel whether it be youtube whether it be linkedin whether it be um media um i think i think it's happening on mass so i think i think as um as even when ai kicks in and people start writing more content for example you know just because volume is going to increase so what's that they're going to do it's going to push people to quality as soon as volume saturation increases quality increases the same example, you know, to support my my theory, the email conversation we had before. How many emails do you actually read on a weekly basis? Three, five from the same people, right? Um, how many did you used to read? You know, 20, 30? So it's because people, there's a flight to quality. So I think every technology improvement, every technology phase, every channel evolution all moves to the flight to quality and improvement of the quality at the end of the day. So I think that's going to continue and it's going to actually accelerate. So if we're going to pick a channel and we're going to say that's our tip to to you know, any B2B business owner, think about the fact that there's going to be a flight to quality and you probably want to be one of the best at showcasing your skill set because if you don't, someone else will. Um, and maybe that's that's one way to think about it. Peter, that is a beautifully articulated point. And I thank you for that because that is such a profoundly important point, a flight to quality. Um, yeah, I, I'm, 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 I'm just absolutely amazed at how simple and elegant an answer that is because it makes so much sense when we reflect back on how the tech waves have come through let's call them the generations 
um, some people in broad terms would would understand web.0, web.1, web.2, web.3. Well, within marketing, there's been all these graduations and evolutions in in tools and thought. Um, and I think, uh, uh, you know, one of the follow-up questions, you've already answered it, which is fantastic with flight quality uh, in part, um, but one of the follow-up questions to that sort of future state idea is, well, what do businesses do to prepare for that? And, um, and you've just uh, nailed that. Um, with that particular answer. So I really thank you for that. I appreciate it. And I think that is uh, a wonderful way to finish up today. Um, really appreciate your time. Thanks for the time. It's been great to talk to you. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure, Peter. Love the whole activity-based marketing approach. Um, focus on the on the strategy, the brand, and high-quality um, approaches. And, uh, and I look forward to hearing more about that as you progress. Thanks, Peter. Thanks a lot, Yanni. Great to be here. Good to talk to you. Take care. You're welcome, mate. Thanks for listening. This podcast is produced in collaboration with Health Tech X, where we are working toward a world of integrated digital health empowerment for all people. If you'd like more info on how to get involved, head over to the website, healthtechx.com.au. Or if you have any feedback about the show, you can reach out to me directly on LinkedIn, Instagram, or email by following the links in this episode's show notes. And finally, Don't forget to subscribe to Reimagining Healthcare in your podcast app. And if you like what you heard, leave us a five-star review. It really helps other people find the show. I'm your host, Yanni Sopanos, and I'll speak to you in our next episode.